Hello and welcome to episode 185 of Three Bears in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Barry Neal. Hello Barry, we're once again doing this via the wonders of Zoom. Yes. Um, even if we could go out just now because the pandemic is over, I wouldn't go out because it is like minus 50 outside. It's not a night to be going outside. No, no, I'm pretty comfortable here to be fair. I've got the drink on the go, I've got the fire through in the other room. So yeah, I'm pretty comfortable. You can say <laughs> if you're in a bar tonight, you've been in a bar feeling quite warm, feeling quite cosy and looking outside going, I don't want to go for the train. I don't want to leave no. because it's, it's, it seems like it's it's not really worth it. So yeah, I'm actually not disheartened to be at home tonight and doing this via Zoom. So, um, mm. It seems like a night for being inside. Yeah, um, yeah, totally, totally. What what are you drinking tonight? I know it looks like pish on camera. Yeah, but I'm going to say this, uh, it looks very urine with ice in it. That's what it looks like to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, rum and lemonade. Oh, very nice, very fancy. Um, mm. Is it fancy rum or is it cheap rum? What, what kind of rum are you drinking? Uh, it's sailor jerry, so you know. You you are a man who likes his rum. I've noticed you you have, you have yeah, a yeah yeah and a bit of a, a man who likes a seafaring <laughs> lifestyle. <laughs> Despite the fact your wife hates all sea shanties, she's not a fan of them. You, you seem to enjoy the sailor yeah. lifestyle. God knows, but I don't even know. I have no answers for that. I mean, yeah. how can you hate sea shanties? I was like, was she upset this year? When, like maybe at the start of the year, like like thing of like sea shanties became like really popular for a wee like sort of week there. Remember like, for about a week there. Yeah, yeah, she was fucking hating it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely hating it because it was like everywhere, everywhere you went, it was like talking about that guy uh, who's like a postman or something, and then made Aye. one video and he blew up. So yeah, so, so her yeah. life, like <laughs> the world seemed to conspire against her by having sea shanties everywhere. She's taking to go and see Skinny yeah. Lister one night. She probably will not like that at all. Mm. Oh well. Yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> Do that one night. Um, I'm drinking. Can I'm still drinking? Yeah, Brew Dog. I've got my Vagabond, the gluten free one. It's very nice. Mm. Quite refreshing. Nice. It's, it's one of those ones. It's like you know when you got beer, it doesn't really taste of much, but it's quite refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. It's one like that. Okay. I, it's supposedly. Nice. Not, I don't know what gluten does to beer. And beer, it doesn't really affect the taste too much. I don't think in this one. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's more just refreshing rather than really tasty. Like I wouldn't want to drip it and drink it like pints and pints of it. But if you like, maybe if you get a, a gig, you know, it was something like a gig we had to drink Carling because it's all in the serve. But it's uh, really cold and it's really watered down, and you can enjoy it because it's so refreshing. That's what yeah. that's like. It's not it doesn't feel watered down, but it does feel very refreshing and cold. So okay, cool, nice. cool. Yeah, yeah, nice one. I've got uh, some. I finished my Brewdog Lost uh, beers last night. Nice. They were actually quite nice. I gave one away to my pal at work just from to try it. Yeah. Because uh, he's a big Brewdog fan. Um, and I had the other two uh, last night, and I actually thoroughly enjoyed them. Oh, they okay. taste a bit different. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's the way it's made or something. But there's just there's something just a wee bit different about it. Use less water in it apparently. So maybe it's like so. Maybe the uh, something is maybe something that's genuinely different about the the brewing process. Um, yeah. I'll try mine. Yeah, I'll have to try mine at some point. But yeah. I'm on Vagabond tonight. Vagabond, I like it. It's, it's, it's a nice one. Gluten-free, very refreshing, 4.5%. Nothing too extravagant on a, on a Friday evening when you're inside in the cold. So, but, but, but a nice one. Very true. Um, very true. So, as always, we're going to our, our little review and news section. So, Camel Laird still not playing. No one's playing football right now. Camel Laird are, are obviously in that boat. Again, we hope to get back to playing soon. Movie mm. news? Do you have any movie news at all? I don't, unless you want to do a deep dive into the Britney Spears and her father and the legal no, troubles that's happening. I do not. 
Um, I don't know uh, enough about it to go into dive into. I just know people. Britney didn't have her money. I know that much, and people are very angry. Yeah. At this, and now Britney has some very, money. very long story. Extremely short. Her dad's been. She went bonkers. Almost spent all her money. Her dad got a court case years ago against her. Made her start turning a profit again, which is amazing because she hasn't done anything. Then she's been constantly filing to get the uh, control of this money again. And then she's finally won some sort of like legal battle there where I don't know if it gives her complete control, but it gives her more control of her money and her estate. So, yeah, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Right. See, well, see yeah. we are essentially a movie podcast, and Britney has made one movie. It was shit. I do not class Britney Spears in the movie podcasting world. Yep. There you go. Um, yeah, as uh, the the only thing of like interest that I kind of like, I don't know that's popping up and like people are talking about it. It's, once again, it's another quiet week in Hollywood of mm. not very much happening. So, you know, um, yeah, it's interesting. We will talk about Britney Spears a little bit later on because she's on the soundtrack mm. of a upcoming film we're going to discuss. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I have I, I very little interest in Britney Spears. But I will mention, since you were bold enough last week to throw in <laughs> Dustin Diamond dying um, in oh, yeah. our very fancy movie podcast, so a guy who's not been in a film for about 20 years and no one really gives a shit about. <laughs> I'm going to bring up the fact um, this week Christopher Plummer passed away. Oh, okay. Um, you know who Christopher Plummer is? No. Christopher Plummer is a very well-known actor. He's died at 91. So ah, uh, sorry, I've, I've just googled a picture of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So probably best well known people might know him from in his younger days in Sound of Music. He was um, on Trap in Sound of Music. That was his sort of big role back mm. in the day. Then he unfortunately through a bit of a, a period when he was doing a lot of sort of kind of very meh films, a lot of kind of B movies, a lot of kind of like sort of lower rent movies. But as he got older, he sort of pushed his way, not pushed, he sort of merged his way to sort of like a kind of elder statesman kind of movies and sort of and started actually really sort of racking up really great performances and picking up Oscars. Is um, mm. in a film called The Beginners back in 2010. It was really good. Um, he's in the film All the Money in the World um, as well, quite recently. He's in A Beautiful Mind. Um, he's also most recently in Knives Out. If you've seen that film with Ryan yeah. Johnson, he was yeah. the guy who gets killed at the start of that. Um, it's not a spoiler, that's the entire point of the film. So just a, just he's just a jobbing actor who done like more he's a very good actor but he started out with a, a, a better success he started his career then became sort of a jobbing actor just doing any jobs all over the place just to try and keep himself and you know in business and then he managed to segue into sort of a, a even greater career towards him he actually became more prominent towards him. his career and actually done some of his best work um, yeah. towards him like back in the early two thousand he was doing stuff like Dracula and he was doing like Star Treks and you know, sort of stuff like probably Black Heart and uh, voice work and things like that. And um, just, just doing a lot of sort of stuff. Sort of very, either, if, you, if, you, if you're in a big film, it'd be quite a, it'd be quite a what's the word? Like sort of small role in a big film. You know, uh-huh. it'd be sort of maybe one of the guys you could walk in for like two seconds and then bring a bit of gravitas and then walk off. But if it's a big role film, sort of, if it's a bigger film, bigger role, sorry, you've been in a smaller film. So, and just one of those, I always thought he was a great actor. Everything he was in, he was always excellent. Um, he never done a real bad performance. 
Um, and particularly, like I said, later work was excellent. You know, when you watch him in Knives Out, he brings so much to that role, especially also in something like All the Money in the World, where he, I don't know if you remember, remember they had Kevin Spacey was in that film and they filmed all the stuff with Kevin Spacey. Mm. Then he gets done for being a, well, a pervert, essentially. So they yeah, basically yeah. Have, to re- have to film all the stuff again with Christopher Plummer and just basically segue him into the film. So to be able to do that performance and put him into that film, was not only a great directing performance to be able to direct the guy, but also just performed him. He's sort of step into that role with that short notice as well. So just a great actor, 91 years old, lived a good life, done a lot yeah. of good stuff, and just one of the guys who's... We're missing those elder statesmen of Hollywood, and I feel he was one of the kind of... The Sean Connery passing away, sort of just at Christmas time, mm. and then him passing away. I feel like we're losing a lot of these kind of older, you know, mm. statesmen of, of the, the movie genre, and it's, it feels a bit, it's a bit sad to me that they're, um, they're going... Yeah, I always like to see that uh, when like older people in Hollywood get to like, a good grand old age, but they're still like getting a good run at it, you know, or they've maybe had like a kind of resurgence in their career later on in life. Always kind of always makes me happy that it's not just a with Hollywood, you're not just dumped to the side. Like, not everyone is dumped to the side. Like, every now and again, someone will have like a resurgence yeah. again, you know. I mean, there is a, there is a thing though, anyone, any woman over the age of 40 will not have a career in Hollywood, which is pretty much the case, unfortunately. But if you're a male, you have a little bit more of a chance of having a, a, a longer career. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so very sad to hear Christopher pass away. But like I said, 91 years old, a good, a good long life, and done plenty with it. Oh, sorry, I've actually got movie news. Sorry, I've just remembered very, very quickly. They're making another uh, Wizard of Oz movie. Why? Why? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly my feelings. Like, well. I'm, I'm going to be controversial here. I know it's a classic of cinema. I know it's one of the films that sort of held up as a bastion of how amazing cinema can be. Yeah. Wizard of Oz does nothing for me. I yeah. find it dull. I find it boring, and I just have no fucking interest. It's the same goddamn song they keep humming yeah. through for fucking night, like two, two hours. Um, mm. Even as a kid, could not stomach. Wizard of Oz. I, I, I know that is controversial in the um, sort of movie world. It's supposed to be seen as a classic. Um, mm. And to many people it is, but to me, can't be fucked. And the Return to Oz, the one they made like 50 years later, can't be asked for that one either. I didn't yeah. mind the one they done, Sam Raimi done. I actually found a bit of a charm to that, but I can understand people didn't like that one. But yeah, I, I, I have really low, low interest in Wizard of Oz. My low interest comes from the fact that why does and I, I know why Hollywood does it, but you're just like just go and pick up other scripts. There must be other scripts lying about somewhere, you know. There must be there must be other stories that can be told that haven't been told yet. Why are we traipsing over the shit all over again? And I know why, because it's an easy fucking sell. It's brand and you're almost yeah, it's, and you're almost banking on it, you know. It's like me when you're discussing off camera the part they're filming a movie down at Presswick Airport, Tetris. Oh, movie, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. And I go, why? But then it's just, it's because it's brand recognition. People know what Tetris is. Yeah. If they do that, they've won half the battle, at least they need people interested in it. So if you slap was the was on something, people are at least half interested because they already, they already know, oh, that exists already. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I'm, I will, unless something, I mean, I'll put, I'm, a, I'm an idea. I'll go and see these things anyway. You know this. Everyone knows this. I'll go yes. and see this film anyway. Um, and people will sit through it. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm excited or indeed interested in seeing what a new other mm-hmm. film is. Yeah, yeah, totally. totally. I feel that. I, t- I just hate the fact that it's this brand recognition. It's like, it must get to the point now where like Hollywood is just repeating itself. Oh, like, absolutely. It's yeah. just... 
it's just a Ferris feel of like repeats, you know. They'll bring Rather the same just... out every couple of years. Every couple, every yeah. I mean, like, think about it. In our lifetime, we've had like the sick Batman. Yeah, yeah. it's nuts. Um, and they so, still can't even get that fucking universe off the ground. I mean, uh, what's happening over at DC? Why have they got it so wrong? <laughs> well, we'll look, forward to, we'll look forward to the four-hour version of Zack Snyder's Justice League coming out in the next couple of weeks. We can all look forward to that. Yeah, I won't be watching that. I didn't even <laughs> see the last Justice League stuff. I can't see me. I can't see me luring. I can't see him luring me in with a four-hour fucking edit. You know, no, I'll I, be like. Nah, you're killed, because all we do is come back on the podcast and moan about the fact I've wasted half a day of my life. You see, that's the thing. When I first, when I said it was going to be a four-hour edit of Justice League, all, all I could think of, I'm going to have to watch that. Like, I know I, I don't want to watch it. I, I'm not really caring, but I'm like, I'm going to have to fucking watch that. I'm not, like, it's a, like, the illness that I have to watch everything will mean that I have to sit and watch that. Mm. Yeah. Which, is, which yeah. says more about me yeah. than about him, to be honest. It, it shows that I'm not well um, rather than him. Yeah, so. It's a wee bit, it's a wee bit wanky. I'm not gonna lie. Like, very much so. Very much so. A four-hour edit. I mean, really? A four-hour edit, sh- four edit would indicate he's not done an edit. To be honest. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's, he's literally just picked up everything back off the floor, yeah. hypothetically speaking, and just jammed it back yeah, into where it, it, it was, it. and then. Yeah, remember when they used to leave all that shit in the second disc or just yeah. leave it on the floor? Remember those good old days? God. It's a dream. It's a dream. Anyway, man, we shall find out some movies that are out and we have watched and we can discuss it. Yes. So we will start with one that I recommended yourself that I wanted to watch mm-hmm. this week, which was called Promising Young Woman, available oh, on yes. the varying streaming services from today, I think it is. Um, and that is directed by Emerald Fennell. It's her... Um, Debut. She's an actress by trade, mostly. She's in the mm-hmm. crown, and um, this 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 is, a, this is an actual um, a, a directing feature uh, debut. And um, the plot of this film is there is a protagonist who goes out on a night out, pretends to be blind drunk, and then lures in men to take her to take them and to take her home or take them to her their home. And when they start acting inappropriately towards the drunken girl, she will reveal herself not to be drunk and teach them a lesson. In so many ways, which yeah. is fucking fabulous. Like <laughs> the fact she she looked convincingly drunk. Even I was sitting there like, man, she looks fucking wasted. Give her a fucking Oscar, um, you know. So, but on top of that, there's also a love story when she finds someone who she might want to become mm. more sort of like more than just you know what he fuck them over basically, and also. There's a running running story about the fact she's doing this for a purpose based on something that happened to her friend in university that caused her to go down this sort of path in life. And um, mm. that's the basic story. And then you've got Carrie Mulligan, um, second film in a week, two weeks with Carrie Mulligan. She was in the dig last week. She's in this very different role this time around. And she's playing this sort of the main woman. Uh, the person she falls for in the film is a guy called Bo Burnham. Uh, also in the film popping up is Laverne Cox from Orange is the New Black, Alison Brie from Community. Clancy Brown, the goddamn Kurgan himself from Highlander, uh, Adam Brody as well, and Stifler's mom, Jennifer Coolidge, uh, also popped up in it playing uh, the mother of Carrie Mulligan. Um, mm. I was with this one. I was really looking forward to this one. I was really excited about this one because I've heard nothing to great things about it. And it did not let me down. I thought it was absolutely mm. fantastic. It was a like, really awesome vengeance movie. Um, and mm. so many twists and turns that you think you can predict it, but it, you, you really can't for a lot of it. It does feel very much like it is, you know, it's your own edge, you know, what is going to happen all the way through it. Um, 
it does feel very at the moment. It feels very much involved in that whole, you know, the Me Too and this um, this moment, and also the idea of sort of women's independence, which also also is very good and very great. That bringing into that, I just thought it was freaking awesome. I thought it was, I thought it was such a a good entertaining watch. Will it hold up in a second viewing? That's my only question. Because once you know the twists and turns, will it not have the same impact to it? Because the way it ends annoyed Jill. I'm not, we're not going to spoil how it ends, but it, it angered Jill. Um, as to how it ended, I think the ending made complete sense in what it did. Oh, yeah. But well knowing that ending's coming make it less effective the next time I watch it. I'm not sure. I've, I think so. Because yeah. of what happens and the and the kind of way the the story meanders its way through the film, I feel on a second watch, unless you give it a long time, you know, then it could be worth returning to, but I feel this is maybe a one and done, unfortunately. Like a whole bunch of these like classic movies like Shutter Island and stuff like that, yeah. where once you once you know the ending, it's kind of hard to... Well, personally, I find it hard to go back to these kind of movies. But see, there is something, we watch those kind of movies, where if you know what the, the twists and the turns are, you can start watching them from a second angle and sort of try and mm. see things layered in. Um, I had to see if you if you pick up on things, yeah. Yeah. Um, but what did you think of it? I enjoyed it as well. I thought she was fantastic as the lead. I know there was a little bit of controversy around about this movie because people were claiming that she wasn't hot enough or some that, see, bullshit that, that, because that, that, hunts yeah, are that, sitting in their house with nothing to do. That's not, not guy, have, that's not what the guy said. And then, see, there's oh. one interviewer who got called out on that and that's not what he said in his review. And it's really oh, okay, okay. Oh, fuck. He wasn't a fan of her performance in the film. He... He made comments maybe part sort of like she wasn't right for the role. He doesn't say mm. she's hot enough. The guy who wrote the review, who's partly said he wasn't hot enough, is a, like a sixty-five-year-old gay guy from New York. He's going, I have no fucking opinion on how hot a woman is. It doesn't. It's not yeah. like. So she took it in that way, and she got really defensive about it. But that's not what he said in it. Um, in the interview, and it's a real shame because the guy could end up losing his job over it because yeah, like, that shit about it. But the fact he's um. Like being shitty to him, but he's absolutely not been, and I feel really bad for him that he's um, railroaded into this. Anyway, sorry, continue with uh, what we Yeah, okay, so I'll go back. So, yes, as we know, he's said that she wasn't right for the role. Personally, I think she was fucking great for the role. I think she played it well. Because she does come across like a person, an older person that you would see working in a, a coffee shop and stuff like that. You know, that kind of you can see her having that arrested development. She feels like someone who is sort of middle, not middle age, but she's like in her late twenties, early thirties, but she's not really grew up a lot. Mm. She's still living at home. You know, mm. she's she's really you can see she's you can see she's going through a trauma because she's obviously stuck in the past, and she's mm. trying to sort of move on from it. But she really no, she she's like she's not trying to move on from it. She's almost on a mission in a way, but in, mm. in order to be on that mission, she has to stay in this develop in this world essentially. Mm. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Uh, yeah, I thought everyone was great in it. It was weird seeing, uh, what's his face, uh, McLovin. Which yes, it's yes. always bizarre. It's bizarre now because I'll never see him past anyone but McLovin, and it's weird to see him like with a beard and all that because I'm just like, my God, man, I remember he was a child. <laughs> uh, yeah, outside of that, um, yeah. I just thought it was a good, interesting story. Yeah, you know? I'm the same. Like I was just, I was around fifty, I Something think, and I was 
entertained throughout all of it. Like I was always on edge. I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought, yeah, she is. I think she's excellent in the role. I think she will get an Oscar nomination mm-hmm. for. It. I think she deserves to get one as well. I mean, just yeah. for being drunk, drunk and drunk, you know, played drunk really well. Um, yeah. The supporting cast, I all thought, felt really rounded. They all were believable people. Like even the guys mm-hmm. who are all just dicks, you kind of know who those dicks are. You, you can sort of like yeah. recognize them. Um, yeah, yeah. And ultimately, her mission, what she was on the mission to, I'm in full support of what she was doing. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe, maybe that's why the ending of it really kind of made me feel really that that hit hard because of the way it ends, which I'm obviously not going to spoil. Mm. Well. Um, so yeah, no, I just thought the way it switched on because at one point it's, it starts out very much like a vengeance film, and sort of she's like doing it just out of her own spite almost. Then you get almost a rom com middle in the middle of the film when it's sort of you, you, yeah. almost, you almost forget your what what you're watching. You know, you forget you're supposedly watching this sort of vengeance movie because mm. you do kind of get wrapped up in the, the romance of these two people get to, and her kind of finding love all of a sudden, and then obviously then it twists back into what what you're expecting is the Avengers movie again. So I thought it, it, but it moved between the genres really well. You never fe- it never felt like it was forcing one or the other, which I thought was mm. really difficult to do. Um, yeah. And also, we're talking about Britney Spears, you do not recognise like, the song when she walks up to the house at one point. It's like toxic and played on violins and things like that. So it had a really kind of bubble uh, pop soundtrack that I think, like, one of the main scenes in it is like sort of Paris Hilton song, the, the bit when they're dancing in the pharmacy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's all, it's, kind of like, it's all very bubblegum pop and stuff like that. that, that sort of, I think it will very much appeal to like, sort of, like people who are raised in the 90s, I think will really sort of yeah, embrace yeah. it in a big way. Uh, 90s and early 2000s, sorry, um, will, will really yeah, embrace yeah. it in a big way. So I, I generally, I just found it not this point. I really, I really loved it. Um, really mm-hmm. excited to see what the director, um, uh, Emerald Fennell, does you know, going forward. Mm-hmm. I think she's got a real talent. Um, yeah, yeah. She's got definitely a good eye for like Avengers movies, that's for sure. Yeah, and hopefully she gets, hopefully she's um, allowed to sort of expand her wings and, and, and do more. Right. So out of ten, I'd give it a very solid nine. Ooh, fucking hell! I was going to give it eight. Mm. Yeah. There you go. High, recommenda- high recommendations for it though. We both really enjoyed it. Uh, and more importantly, Joe really enjoyed it. I think you said Stacey really liked it as well. So like. Yeah, 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 yeah. The boy. Um, next film up on the list is one that you recommend or you want to watch. Um, it's called Greenland, uh, directed by Rick Roman Waugh, who has done films such as Angel Has Fallen, Snitch, and In the Shadows. Um, the plot of this film is that an asteroid is about to hit Earth. A lot of people mm-hmm. think it's not going to do much damage, but all of a sudden things start to happen. We realize this is going to be a world ender. And it focuses mm-hmm. on um, one man who's got passage to safe haven with his family. And he's trying to get them to that safe haven so they can be protected in this underground bunker. Um, and all along the way, things happen that make that increasingly more difficult. And um, that's basically it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I nutshell it. This is very much by the numbers disaster movie. Just um, in the film, you've got, in the film, you've got the oh, main sorry, guy but... is played by Je- or Paisley's very own Gerard Butler. And you've also yes. got Who's doing, Who's doing a Scottish accent? Who's doing a Scottish accent? I'll get to that in a minute. I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Morena Baccarin, who's from Deadpool and Firefly and Gotham, she plays his wife. Scott Glenn pops up as his father-in-law, and Hope Davis pops up as a sort of crazy lady. Um, mm. What do you think of this one? Oh, as you know, I'm an absolute sucker for all sorts of disaster movies. Yes, you so, are. Yeah, that's, 
this was already going to be an easy sell for myself. Yeah. Uh, I did actually enjoy it. Uh, this was actually one of the more better ones I've seen in recent years. There's been quite a few absolute fucking chuds. Um, but now this one was decent. I found yeah, what the actual disaster was, it wasn't really that far of a stretch of the imagination because uh, a lot of these movies tend to rely on things like, I don't know, like apocalyptic like snowstorms or fucking like crazy weather event. But this was just simply like Dude, if you're, th- if, you're, that... if you're throwing shade at day after tomorrow, then me and you will have a fight because I'm a big fan of day after tomorrow. No, 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 no. Like I said, um, I do actually genuinely love the genre. It's just like a lot of it is, I don't know, is it even fast stretch nowadays? I don't know right. because we're covered in snow. The whole entire UK is covered in snow, but yet Dartmoor <laughs> is on fire. So, yeah. you know, you're like, you know, what's going on? Yeah. Um, yeah. What I liked about it was how we've kind of been living through this ourselves with the, the pandemic, how in the beginning, the media played it down, said not to worry, not to worry. Yes, and then yeah. when it came a knocking, suddenly, guys, you need to panic about this and we're still sitting there enjoying life and shaking hands and cuddling and all the rest of it. Well, that's very much the same. The media played down in the beginning, saying that it's just going to scoot round off, no problem. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh wait, no, this is actually heading right towards us and it's going to potentially actually wipe most of these out. Right. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, you know, usual traits. Fucking, the guys get family issues. So in the midst of trying to save the world, he's also having to try and save his, like, marriage and children and fucking everything else. So, you know. Uh, you liked it then? Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did actually, yeah, you know what? I did actually, because it kind of focused more on like them rather than just like it was more them just trying to get to a place in the midst of all this chaos so like literally this chaos could have been fucking anything yeah i think that i think that's the part about it that made it that actually made it enjoyable because i I, with basing director rick roman war his previous Mm. efforts did not excite me into thinking this would be anything of interest i was thinking it was quite Mm. bad to be honest but you've you've nail on the head with what you said there, they do not focus the disaster is almost in the background the, the end of the world is almost like just the, the, the canvas of it. this, is, this is a more of a family drama and mm. it's surprisingly heartfelt because it focuses on the, the family dynamics throughout it, you know, between the husband and wife, between the wife and um, the son, son, the husband and son as well it's sort of focusing on that triumph, that, that trio and then it, mm. has, it brings in other people here and there to sort of like sort of mess with that trio but it, it sort of relies on the three of them and because of that, it felt different. You, you said a wee bit it felt like a bit like a run in the mill disaster film. I thought it felt the opposite. I thought it felt like not like a run in the mill disaster film because yeah, we weren't just on the watch, fact that we were just watching. Oh, you do see explosions, you do see sort of destruction, but it's not mm. focused upon. You're only seeing it very briefly when it's sort of like you see it on the television most of the time. Mm. You're not yeah, seeing yeah. it. So the person's not really involved heavily in it. You know, they've maybe seen the like. They get knocked down by a shockwave or something that happens, you know, a thousand miles away because that's what happened. They're not sort of in the midst of everything, which I thought was really interesting. For the most part, there's a few wee moments in the art sort of in the midst of something, but for the most part, that what's happening in the world is sort of playing in the background. It reminded me a lot of Deep Impact. I don't know if you remember that film, the asteroid yeah. one, yeah, where it, rather than being about blowing up the asteroid, it was all about the people back on Earth who are trying to deal with the fact that an asteroid's coming towards them. Mm. Um, Jerry Butler, I thought, was better than usual. I thought he had a wee bit more pathos to him than normal. 
the thing with yeah, the yeah. Scottish accent was I had no idea he was doing a Scottish accent until a character says to him, um, like, where are you from type thing, you know, like sort of like yeah. indicate that he's not supposed to be American. Yeah, that, that was a weird thing. Like, for me, he was just doing. He wasn't doing it, and he wasn't doing. He wasn't. He didn't sound Scottish at all. Yeah, uh, what with that exact scene, I found that funny as well because in the midst of chaos, I can't think of anything I could care less about uh, as where someone fucking comes from. Well, the, the point I is like, that he's he can get somewhere that they can't. He's got a band that gets yeah, yeah, yeah. escape. Yeah, that's why they do. Like, why the American government saving? The Scottish guy around their own citizens. I think that's kind of the main point behind yeah, it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But it's just you're, you're talking about the governments, you know, the governments, you know, are always accused of like not looking, like people want people to look after their own type thing. So it's obviously playing mm. into that kind of the sort of politics of the moment right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, a cheeky wee surprise for you there. Yes. Um, also, like the fact, hang on, I like the fact that, well, no, I, think, no, I, didn't, I found the disaster believable. Which I thought was amazing. Mm. Yeah. I didn't expect to go that. The only thing I didn't like, it, well, a couple of things I didn't like about it was I thought the ending seemed a bit too Hollywoody. Like, sort of the final yes. four or five shots, which is fair enough. It felt out of, but it felt out of place for the rest of the movie. So I didn't really like that bit. Also, the most unbelievable part of this film was that it indicated that a government could get its shit together with a week's, a week's notice in order to like, sort of save humanity. When, yeah. if we've learned anything over the past year, <laughs> Is our, that most governments could not get their shit together if the, if the world depended on it because they can't, they, they physically can't, yeah. you know. So and that was the most important part of the film. To be honest, I'm actually quite surprised we haven't accidentally kicked off another war yeah. just <laughs> because why not, you know? Well, we're trying, we're, like, trying to, we're trying to fight with Ireland again. That's that, that's what we're trying to make the, the Irish border be an issue. So we're trying our best to fight if we can. Um, you know, I mean, it's just. We've, we've all witnessed, at least here in the UK, that our governments, each side of this fictional line, is fucking useless. Yes. And that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> you um, know, it has literally been left up to the people to decide how to monitor themselves during the, during yes. a pandemic, you know? Yes. Um, what can I say there? What would you about a 10? I'm giving us a solid 7. As am I. Bang on as well, dude. 7 out of 10 for myself. Nice. Nice, yeah, I really nice. everything about it. Um, like, maybe it was just one of the things your expectations were so low that it just was enjoyable, and it's a good Friday night movie. See if you watch something yeah, like oh, that. totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a movie you can switch off to and still catch up what's going on, you know. Uh-huh. Um, on from that, we go to our last film, which is I've got it written down here, sorry, News of the World, which is on Netflix right now. We should say, sorry, Greenland was on Amazon if you're looking for it, yes. Amazon Prime. Uh, News of the World. Is on Netflix, directed by Paul Greengrass, who's done some films like Green Zone, uh, a lot of the Bond movies, United 93, Captain Phillips, um, some interesting thrillers. He's done some really good, good, solid movies in there. Uh, the plot of this one is about, uh, it's set in the post-Civil War America, I think, yeah, mm. post-Civil War. And yeah. they are, there's a character who re- basically travels the country reading the news to people because a lot of people can't read and he's just sort of trying to bring the world alive to, to sort of, those in the sort of hinterland of the, the world of the American. I wish they'd bring, I wish they'd bring that back. I, I, I like it as well. I, I was actually all for it as well. Um, along the way, he finds a young girl who at one point was um, found by, found kidnapped. Not really, they don't really explain that well. Um, mm. She was, you know, she came into the possession of Indians, of the Native Americans. She was mm. then abandoned by them or she got lost by them. So it's her, his, he takes it upon himself to take her home. And it's him traversing the land 
uh, reading the news and taking this young girl home on the way. Various people try to, to stop that from happening for, for various reasons, um, and he has to kind of negotiate them. Uh, in yeah. the film, you've got Tom Hanks playing the newsreader, and he is obviously in full Tom Hanks in mode. Uh, mm-hmm. Helena Zengel plays a young girl. Um, she's German, I think she's German or Austrian in, in, uh, in real life, and I think it's one of her quite early films. Uh, Elizabeth Marvell pops up in as well as Tom Hanks' possible bit in the side. And just randomly, Ray McKinnon pops up as a, um, I think he's maybe a preacher. He, at the very start, he's a, he's a, like, sort of a friend of, of Tom Hanks's. Um, I'll start with this one. I thought this was, this was very decent, very solid, um, mm. time impressive um, movie. Um, very much in the kind of lone wolf and cub story, like in the old West. Mm. So We've seen it before. Even like Logan was a, a lone cub, a, a lone wolf and cub. You know, just the old grizzled veteran, you know, finding his humanity and finding something in himself. You know, because he's dealing with this, this sort of younger person. So it's it's kind of it's something's been done a lot before. It's, 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 it's an old trope, but when it's done very well, I and mean, when that old guy is Tom Hanks, you're naturally more inclined to enjoy it. I think. I think that's a, a big part of it. Um, Hanks again embodies this entire role. Perfectly, you know, you you, you you instantly trust Tom Hanks. Doesn't matter what he's doing, you know, so he's a perfect guy for this role. And you know, you always feel the girl is safe with him, which I think is a really important part. And you know that throughout the film, anything bad that is happening, it's not going to be it's not going to be Hanks. It's going to let you down. It'll be something else, which I think is, is really important. One hundred percent. I would say the one thing that surprised me about it was. It's, if you have you seen any other Paul Green Durant films that I mentioned before? Have you seen any of them, like the Bond films, nineteen ninety three? Any of them, Captain Phillips? Have you seen any of them before? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're all uh, very, they're all very frenetic, like a lot of quick editing, you know, very fast cutting, you know, very the camera moves a shit ton and it's always sort of very intense. This is yeah, whereas this is the opposite, yeah. Yeah, it's short, big, long shots, and it's got a lot kind of very nice sweeping. You know, it's shot like a western. It's 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 mm. which is so. I was just, it's just, it was just interesting to see a director obviously not being tied to his usual style and actually in, embracing other forms of, you know, shooting a movie. You know, he didn't, he didn't, he felt confident enough in his own ability, which he really should, because he's done some great films in the past, to do something different. So that, that, that to me was really, was really impressive. The only downside I would say for it, maybe there was one too many exciting incidents that made it drag on maybe an extra twenty minutes longer than it had to. You know, you've got like a gunfight and you get something happening in a town with sort of like maybe they're getting run out of town and you get something with a sandstorm and a runaway train and a runaway cart and stuff like that. It felt mm. like maybe there'll just maybe one too many things happening. You can maybe cut one of them out. Um because some of them don't really some of them really just achieve the same thing as the previous thing in terms of like a narrative. Um so it felt like it was maybe one and one exciting event too many within the film. But mostly I really enjoyed it. I've definitely watched it again and I found it I thought it was a really well told, well acted story. What about yourself? Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's will be definitely a rewatch for myself as well. Um, I can also see getting quite a big push as well. Uh, I feel this will be like a reoccurring uh, movie that gets pushed on Netflix quite a bit. Yeah, uh, it's nice to have a good western again. I feel like we haven't had a good western in a while. We, you know? we do. I think you get good westerns, but they're usually kind of small indie westerns. You get. So there's a great one out a few years ago called Slow West. It's a brilliant western. Um, that, that was just it was a kind of low budget release. So you are right. Oh. The, the, the big epic western is something we've been sorely missing for a long time. I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, yeah. 
No, that's a good story. As you know, it's like Tom Hanks is always a good sign of like quality, you know? Yes. Uh, yeah. Pretty much like everything he does, we'll probably sit there and watch it regardless, you know? Yeah, he is, um, one of those, yeah, he is that guy who you, you just you feel comfortable when you're watching Tom Hanks, don't you? You never feel like you're going to be let down to Tom Hanks. Yeah, I think he, he must by this point have played every single character possible in Hollywood. Well, see, that's the thing. He doesn't, because he said himself, he doesn't really play bad guys. Yeah, he, okay. People wouldn't believe him. Like He does it once in Road to Perdition when he played a hitman. But he's, right. like almost like a, he's almost like a gentlemanly hitman. He's not really a bad guy in it. So uh, he is playing sort of archetypes of the Tom Hanks character. You know, he's, he's not branching out. But what he but what he does do is he plays it so well that you don't really want to see him do anything else. Totally, totally. You know, um, like there's not a kick in the arse difference between this character and say the one he plays in Bridge of Spies or in the news. They're, they're all of the same ilk. Mm. But they're all different in their own right, but they they all very much feel in the same template in, in, in many ways. But he adds so much to them by playing you know, the way he brings them to them. You know that that, that you don't really mind it. You sort of feel you've seen it before. Like you're quite happy to watch him be Tom Hanks again. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I I loved it, man. I thought it was great. Yeah, it's, uh, I was always a fan of like the kind of older westerns, so it was nice to have a western and also a western that has found its way onto Netflix as well, which is quite intriguing. Yeah, I think, I don't know if it was made, I'm actually not, I'm trying to go recheck if it was actually made for Netflix or if it was, like, so Netflix had bought it, because um, mm. it felt very big for Netflix, you know, it felt quite expansive mm. um, for Netflix, but then the Greengrass has got a deal with Netflix, and he done that film July 22nd. Yeah, yeah. You know, the one about the Norwegian... Um, Island, trip. holiday, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he done that film, so maybe, maybe he's got a deal with Netflix in some way, because there was times it felt like it was a little bit the budget was constrained. You know, I feel, I feel like I saw the same bit of road about 10, 20 times. <laughs> um, and the same sort of hill shots quite a lot. So maybe they were constrained a lot by, by budget which might indicate it was Netflix. Um, but overall, I, I thought it was really good. I, I enjoyed it immensely. Like, I thought it was a fantastic good watch. A really nice Sunday afternoon watch, like one of these kind of movies. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um, and I would give it a very solid 8 out of 10. Oh. Nice, nice. I'll join you on that one. I was going to give that an 8 out of 10 as well. Well, we're very much in agreement, sir. I'm, I'm liking this. So this was yeah. a good week. This is, this is a good week for film. We, we actually saw three films we, all, we both really enjoyed. I know, I know. Very, very seldomly do we find three movies that we both enjoy. Usually it's like there's usually one that always upsets the balance. Yeah, the one that one of us really likes and the one doesn't, you know, doesn't really drive on. But um, yeah, we all enjoyed all three of these. Next week, we've got four films to watch. So, Ooh, a busy week for us. So, we have the film Life in a Day 2020, which is a mm. follow up to Kevin McDonald's Life in a Day, which released back in like 2002, I think it was. Uh, 2010. 2010. Okay, 2010. So, it's um, just basically people around the world, what they're doing on a specific day in time. I think it's is it June 22nd or something to pick, something like that. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think that's time around. Is it not the twenty fifth or something? Twenty fifth, twenty something. So it's, it's one day around the world. They're all everyone's doing something, and they're sort of filming a, a day in the life on Earth. So it, the, the original was very interesting. I'm intrigued to know what a what a sequel um, has to offer. <laughs> um, also, up next week we have a film called on Netflix called Malcolm and Marie, uh, which has got okay. Zendaya, got Zendaya in it. So everything that's Zendaya right now seems to be golden. So we're going to watch that one. 
Uh, also on Amazon Prime, we've got one called Capital in the 21st Century, which is, I'm, I think it's a song that may anger both of us. It's all about you know, <laughs> money and power in the 21st century. And also available for rental on Amazon Prime, which are both excited to rent, is one called Willie's Wonderland, which is not a porn movie, even though it does have a title that does definitely sound like that. And you have to definitely double check before clicking on that before buying it. Um, <laughs> but it's actually the new Nick Cage movie in which he battles um, animatronic robots in a theme park. I'm essentially hoping it's a Simpsons episode when they go itch and scratchy land. That's basically what I'm mm. hoping for from this. Um, that's all. Yeah. That's also out, so we, we will be watching that as well. But that, that, that's available to rent on Amazon Prime rather than um, being able to see. I think it's five ninety nine to rent it. So it's yeah. Nicolas Cage in a theme park beating up animatronics. I, I can't see why we won't spend the money on that, to be honest. I mean, and the fact that it's only six pound, it pretty much pays for itself. You oh, know, definitely. Uh, tell me where to find us. All the usual social media haunts at three beers in a movie. Uh, that's. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the fun places. That's great for this week. I've been Richard. You've been Baggy. And you've been listening to Three Beers in a Movie.